0: Hey everybody, welcome to the newly dubbed Pittsburgh Steeler Power Hour presented to you by the Ohioan Network as well as Behind the Steel Curtain. I'm Chris Pugh, got Joe Frost, Paul Yanchek with me tonight. Joe, how's it going?
1: Uh, going great. We're, uh, <laughs> came through a pretty nerve-wracking weekend here and very excited about what the future holds. I don't care what Paul says in his, uh, dark clouds about how we'll <laughs> never ever make the playoffs and there's just no way that can happen. Well, guess where we are right now, Pastor Yanchek. Well, now let's, let's go in the way
2: back machine.
1: Oh, okay. On May, let's on go. May 17th. Bring it on. Oh, he's bringing out the nose pad. Bring it, on. Oh my Bring it on. What'd you say?
2: May 17th. We made some predictions. All right. Joe, you had us, you had us going eleven and six. Yeah. Chris, you had the Steelers going ten and seven. Uh huh. Somebody on the show had them going nine and eight. That's pretty Whoa. darn close. Half <laughs> game off, buddy. Half game off. You didn't predict a
0: tie. Come on. I did not yeah, predict a predict tie.
1: Predicted that they would tie the the Lions. When when did when did we predict <laughs> that?
0: Well, I mean, if we were really accurate in what we were doing, we'd pick everything to letter. We'd say, hey, I see a tie coming. And I'll be honest with you. Um, yeah, let's start off by recapping what happened on Sunday. I had a feeling halfway for overtime that the Steelers-Ravens game went into a tie. I'm thinking, man, we're going to have two ties for the Steelers this year. Um, I don't know, Joe. Here's kind of my take on the Ravens game. The Steelers and I think Mike Tomlin admitted that they're a flawed team. I mean, it's silly to sit there and say, holy cow, they're powerful, they're amazing at every position, but they showed a grit where, look, Najee didn't play that much during the game. No, you now he got ben, his arm hurt. Yeah, Ben's been – I mean, Ben didn't have a statistically wonderful game, No, nope. but they just showed grit, and I'll be honest – Ten years from now, when we're looking back at Ben's career, I think we're gonna look at this game as a very notable one. Yeah. Because even though Ben didn't have the great statistics, man, he molded through, he made the third down convergence he needed to make. Yeah, it wasn't the sexiest game, but it was definitely productive and it definitely worked out.
1: It absolutely did. And I think one of the things that's really changed over really like the last three, four week span. Is the shift that um, the uh, the offensive line coach that was made? My what was it? Three weeks ago? Four weeks ago? Was it after the the Kansas City game?
0: I or was think it he, that same week. I think he's been the coach for the Browns game and the Ravens game. So, so I think just the new person has only been on weeks. it for the yeah. two games.
1: Yeah, but there was a shift that happened there and they've moved some people around. They've gotten them into positions where they seem to be holding a lot better. And Ben has a lot more time. Uh, That's what's been showing over the past couple of games. He's had more time to
0: throw the ball and
1: he's found a way to make it happen when he's got time.
0: And everything that people say about the Steelers it's true. Um, You got to look at the injury stuff too. My goodness. I mean, Juju's been out. Deontay Johnson, and I'll be honest, he blocked me on Twitter. I still don't understand why Deontay Johnson blocked me on Twitter, but that's fine. Deontay hasn't had a consistent year. I mean, I'll say it. Sorry, Deontay, but you haven't. Uh, Chase Claypool has definitely not had a consistent year. Um, James Washington, not a consistent year. Well, I don't even know if they've
1: thrown it to him that much.
0: Yeah, and, and Pat Friermuth? I keep hey, throwing
1: it to Ray Ray McLeod, and you're like, "What?"
0: Right. Okay. Well, and, I, and I like Pat Firemoose, but and I mean, I think he's got all kinds of great potential, but he's not that stellar. Oh man, we we should throw it to him 15 times a game. Um, like you I, said, I
1: mean, I I think we should, but that's okay.
0: Right. But one thing is, he's a rookie. Stuff happens. You, you know, he makes mistakes like a lot of rookies do, and he's done well, like some rookies haven't. Um, yeah, they've gotten the Ray Ray McLeod. I used to think it was because they thought he could become like a Tyree kill type guy. I think right now, who else do they have to throw it to? You know what I mean? There's not that many great options that Ben can throw it to. Um, it's not, and you, you know, I thought Ben's looked good despite everything that he's got going on. Now, again, I'm okay with Ben retiring. I'm not saying Ben should come back for another year. But, you know, like I said, with everything going on, it was a gritty performance. Benny Snell, who I don't think is an NFL running back, he was their main running back. And he didn't do anything to embarrass the Steelers, but he didn't do anything great. And, man, they did that with all of that going on. So, I mean, I thought it was a good win. I thought the defense played great which obviously they need to do because even on a good day, the Steelers offense, you're probably not going to hit 24 points with them. So you have to have your defense just shining. And my goodness, TJ Watt, um, you know, let's talk about this. Um, you know, there was some debate going, well, should he have gotten the extra half sack to get the record? I know that yes. record's important. Yeah, but, you know, in the grand scheme of things, Hey, maybe we'll tick TJ off, off enough to the, have a good game in the play. In playoffs. the grand
1: scheme know. of things, he, he got another sack. Like, I don't know what the <laughs> what is the value in not giving him a sack for that play. I'm I, I sorry, mean, Michael Strahan broke the record when Brett Favre literally looked him in the <laughs> eye and laid down. I don't know right. why that sack was given but we can't give a – <clears throat> yeah, it was a busted play, but he stood up – Huntley stood up to, to, to throw the ball. And then he got hit. He got stripped. Uh, it was all of those things. I don't know why for that play you would be like, well, technically the center hit his own butt with the ball. Right. Like, well, so what? Brett Favre laid down. So <laughs> – it okay. doesn't matter. It's a sack. That's what happens. The quarterback has the ball and instead of throwing it, he is hit by a defender and tackled. That is a sack. I don't know what Okay. I don't uh, know what else we got to do. I'm not How do you really not a... you? <laughs> I'm
0: not I'm not saying it's not a sack. I'm just saying I'm looking at the big picture. You know what I mean? I'm trying to figure out the big picture
1: is that he broke the sack record. Okay. That's well, the big I... picture.
0: Well, here's my big picture. <laughs> We've got hour to get through this and we're going to talk about this in the second half of our program, we're going to preview this big game against the Chiefs. I'm trying to figure out a scenario, and I think there's a scenario out there where the Steelers can win this game on Sunday. Now, it's a scenario. more points than the Chiefs. That's usually how it works. But but see, (laughs) here's my scenario. T.J. White, like a lot of us, if we feel scorned on the job, we get upset. We work harder. We try harder, we, we you know, go above and beyond to try to sh- prove people wrong. I want to ticked-off T.J. Watt. You know what I mean? I'm kind of glad the NFL kind of gave a crappy decision because I want T.J. Watt to be hungry, ticked-off, and, you know, yeah, he's not going to set the record anymore, but I want, a, like, a P.O. T.J. Watt that will get four sacks on Sunday and leave <laughs> the Steelers to the upset. That's my big picture. You know what I mean? I'm not arguing. I,
2: <clears throat> oh, Paul? I'm kind of feeling like, you know, it, I, I would tend to agree with that. But on the other hand, I, I think there does come that danger when you get overhyped for a game. And instead of being extra aggressive or extra productive, you become sloppy. Uh, so I think there's a fine line that you will need to balance there.
1: Okay. I think there are some defenders who work off the kind of frustration and rage that you're talking about, Chris, you know, I, and that the first, first person that comes to mind is James Harrison uh, that that's the way he operated him getting ticked off was definitely what you wanted him going into a game, feeling disrespected, feeling overlooked, uh, whatever else that's his attitude. I don't think TJ plays that way. I don't think it's about his anger or his frustration. I feel like he's a player that goes out and when he's having fun, he's at his most productive. Almost in the way that Ben is the same way. Them being overlooked is kind of irrelevant. I want him relaxed and out there playing, you know, in in his own rhythm. James Harrison's a guy who needs the
0: rage. I don't you know. see T.J. Watt as a rage-filled guy, but I think his motivation is where he feels overlooked. Like, he's not going to you know, bash in a locker with his head because he's mad, but yeah. I think he senses it and feels that frustration.
1: Well, um, there is so many people, I think, out there who still think that Miles Garrett should be the defensive player of the year.
0: <laughs> okay,
1: <laughs> can't well, even finish that sentence. I was going to say something about it, but I just can't. Okay, it's well absurd. pro football focus. It's absurd that somebody would think that at this point. Like well,
0: pro football focus. Ridiculous. Um, a lot of sewers fans, I, I don't blame them. They feel that they have a bias against the Steelers. And sure, like I, I don't want well, Okay. Well, Most people do. It's ridiculous. But... okay, what well, news from today? They came out and said Miles Garrett was the best defensive player in the league. No. Okay, that's ridiculous. No. But I kind of like that. not
1: even sure if he's the best defensive player on the Browns.
0: Okay. <laughs> but, but here's where I like that. Okay. Hey,
2: he had one tackle against the Steelers. <laughs> oh,
0: man. I would rather have the Steelers. I'll make never forget a, it. I would rather have the Steelers mount up and make a, a deep run in the playoffs and have T.J. Watt finish second to Miles Garrett. And, again, I, I'm with you, Joe. I don't think T.J. Watt's that James Harrison guy who's not talking to anybody and – you know, yelling at people. But I think inside TJ Watts, reading the article and going, what the heck what's up with this? And I think internally he takes that and says, okay, I'm going to prove you wrong in the field. Again, it's not a rage or anger, but I think he's feeling it. I mean, I think he reads the article and goes, I'm finished behind miles Garrett. You know, this is crazy. So he's going to take that. And I think, and I, I want that because again, Second half of the show, we're going to talk about how the heck the Steelers could beat the Chiefs. And there is a path there. It's a very thin, narrow, things-have-to-go-right path. But for things to go right, TJ Watt's got to be a monster. And I'm hoping TJ Watt finds that fuel in getting overlooked by pro football focus. And, mm-hmm. He is um, a monster. Is He'll be there. He'll yeah. be there. Well, I mean, we need... This scenario that I'm going to paint for you, for them to make it past Kansas City, TJ Watts needs to have a three, four sack game. I mean, I don't think sure. TJ Watts ever going can to happen. disappointing, but one thing is he needs to do right. that for that scenario. All right,
1: so if you don't that want to happens. talk about that right now, then you need to talk about something else.
0: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so what else we have? Um, a little, and I think it's testament to the new offensive line um, coach, Uh, So today, Kevin Dotson's going to be out for the year. Uh, He hasn't played recently, but, you know, going into the year, we were all saying, hey, Kevin Dotson's probably the best lineman right now. They've done well without Kevin Dotson. And, you know, I hope for Kevin Dotson's sake and the Steelers that he comes back healthy, he's ready to go next year. But it's been amazing that they're playing better even without a guy like Kevin Dotson.
2: Well, I think one key thing that's happened with the Steelers, especially at the end of the season, is they finally started doing what they should have been doing from game one, and that is being more focused on establishing the run. And so with that, you, when, when it's just 20 shovel passes in a row, that there's only so much an offensive line can do. But – having that extra focus on the run, I, th- I think has been a benefit for the offensive line to
1: even in the Ravens game when the run was almost useless. and the, I mean, they still had, a, I mean, those, those that was all those Snell probably saving grace that game. game. We'd get a, we'd have some sort of three yard dump pass and we'd immediately give those yards back by handing the ball to Benny Snell. But
2: that was, the run was one of the only saving graces we had in that game. I mean, that it, where, it was an ugly offensive game. But it was, where, ben wasn't exactly a hero. It work. At
1: I mean, I guess in the fourth quarter it started working whenever they started working uh, Najee back out there. But all those quarters where it was nothing but Benny Snell, man, it was going nowhere fast. Weird. Well, That's more from-
0: Benny Snell's <laughs> Weird stat from Sunday. You knew who the leading rusher was for the Steelers. Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool, all Looks those end-arounds. Yeah. Because he would be eating
1: up the yardage with the end-arounds, and that's, that worked. And even those were a little bit dubious from, in terms of uh, trying to be a, a do offensive play calling where it isn't totally predictable because I, I watched the game going, oh, this is the end-around to the other side because it's just a mirror image of what the last one was. Right. Like, oh, Chase is running across behind, in between uh, Ben and the shotgun and the line. Guess what? They're going to hand it to him, and they did.
0: Um, when we talk about this pathway, hopefully to win, oh, they're going creative creative or... again.
1: They're going to talk about get... it without <laughs> talking about it.
0: Well, but then you get creative <laughs> on the play call, but we'll talk about that more a little bit later. <laughs> hey, a couple fun things from Sunday night. Man, I want to be in Ben Roethlisberger's, uh Facebook <laughs> chat. Uh, there was a video, and I, I saw a note about it, and I'm like, it wasn't explained well, um, to be polite. So I'm, th- I'm thinking, what's happening here? Well, apparently um, Christian rock singer of Mercy Me, Bart Millard, um, he's the lead singer of the band, he tweeted out a video, and apparently him, uh, Toby Mac, uh, if you're into Christian music, he used to be the singer for DC Talk, and he's a successful solo act right now. They were on a chat with Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, Ben is a professing Christian. Ben likes that music. So apparently they're friends. They're they're chatting. They're watching this Raiders-Chargers game. We could talk about that in a second. Um, You know, Stewart fans are rooting against the tie. And, you know, we were joking last week about are they going to intentionally tie? Well, the game was close. They almost said, hey, it's fair off to go for a tie. So, But thankfully for the Steelers, the Raiders kick a field goal. They win the game. I don't know if you guys saw the video, but Big Ben runs, grabs a Raiders helmet and puts it on because he's happy that the Raiders won the game. I thought that was kind of interesting.
2: I think it was. If that wasn't a game had tie
1: beforehand. all right. All right uh, he wasn't, oh, he he wasn't for... wearing it beforehand? He got it after they won?
0: Yeah, because it shows him. He's like, hey, guys, the – Runs, sure, I up, thought, no, the away. way
1: the way that it was written in the thing, I thought that he put it on, like, toward the end of the game to, to root them yeah. on, but... Possible. A, I, I think
0: I may have missed that part, yeah. Oh, I
1: don't know. I, I, I probably misread it, but... Uh, Paul, what I, was, I think
0: if that,
2: if that game ended in a tie, I think Chris Collinsworth's excitement would have just caused his body to just implode live on air.
1: And now I'm more disappointed that it didn't happen, because I would prefer <laughs> to that to happen than to imagine more games where he's going to spend the entire game hating on a team that wasn't even in the game. Yeah. I'm so sick of that guy. He's wow. on the list of people that I'm tired of. Like, I, if they're the ones <laughs> announcing the game, I'm going to turn the the volume down on the announcers.
0: Well, in the series, we're actually really fortunate because the way that game ran with under mint left to go, the Chargers called a really weird timeout. They if they did. didn't call that timeout, there wasn't any conspiracy that we were joking about or anything else like that. But, you know, I saw a video of Justin Herbert. He mouthed, hey, I want a tie now. Because, you know, they got to the point where they didn't agree to it before the game, but they got to it where they said, hey, if we take an unrealistic chance, throw a pick six here, we lose. So if we tie, at least we're both in, you know?
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't know what's true and what isn't looking at the game um, before they called that timeout, the demeanor of the Raiders and Derek Carr and the way everything was going, I could have sworn that they were going to let it end in a tie. I was, I was convinced their demeanor, the speed at which they were trying to do things did not look Like they were rapidly trying to get like the punting team, the kicking team out there to kick the field goal. It looked like, oh, okay, so we'll just go ahead and have the tie and we'll both get into the playoffs. That's what it seemed like. And it seemed like when the, the Chargers called the timeout, they're like, really? Really? okay, fine. Then we're going to do this running play, gain another 10 yards, and then we're going to kick this field goal. That's for calling that timeout. We could have both gone, but no, you wrecked it.
0: You wrecked it. Right. (laughs) And I think a lot of it wasn't saying, hey, screw you Steelers. It was more of just saying we're protecting ourselves because if we do something crazy, we lose the game. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we joked about this big meeting at a restaurant beforehand or something like that. I don't think I had anything to do with it. I think near the end of the game, neither team wanted to lose that game. And, you know, I hate to say this because the uh, – Brandon the coach of the Chargers, he used to work at a paper I worked at as a sports clerk. So, I'm, I'm <laughs> kind of pro-Brandon Saley. Uh, I don't think I ever met him before. But, you know, he worked at – like a paper that worked at, which I think well, is kind it kind of seemed
1: cool. to me like he wrecked it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was a good night for Brandt Staley. <laughs> he called, called that timeout, to... and
1: from then on, it seemed like the Raiders had something to prove.
0: Well, and apparently, earlier in the game, he called a run on like a fourth of one from zone 15, and it failed. Oh, so, yes. Yeah. So uh, he... I
1: remember that. I'm like, what are you thinking? What? He... I'm like, he... that's that's some Steelers play calling right there. That's, what? uh, we need a, it's where it's, it's fourth and 20. Let's throw, throw a, a, a screen pass. Like what, what are you, <laughs> you got to cut 20
0: yards. What are you thinking? I'll be honest. It's, you know, he's a young coach and the young coaches. I mean, the Browns had this issue this year too, where you would go for it. I mean, the Browns would have like a fourth and four on the opposing teams, 10, and they would just go for it. They wouldn't kick the field goal. And Hey, if you, make it, you look amazing, and if you don't, you look idiotic, which unfortunately for Staley, that's what he did look like on Sunday. I want to say that that's a young coach thing if John
1: Harbaugh hadn't played the entire season the same way. (laughs) I feel like Harbaugh played that whole season the exact same way. They're like, we're going to go for it no matter
0: what, and it just stopped working. And what's that game? Uh, if you look at a team that's scary, and the Raiders are scary. They beat the Steelers earlier this year. But I'll tell you, I think the Chargers could have made a, a deeper run to the playoffs than the Raiders did for sure. Um, you know, Ra- Raiders have had c- such a strange year. You know, uh, John Gruden left with the scandal. Um, you know, their up-and-coming receiver, Henry Ruggs, you know, I mean, he had an accident. caused woman's death. He's off the team. Uh Damon Arnett, who was a quarterback for them, uh, he lost his job because there was an accusation of uh, him mistreating a woman. So they lost so many key players and personnel. <clears throat> and I'll tell you, Chargers are probably more scary in the playoffs. Um, and, you know, the other weird thing that we should address, you know, the Colts, my goodness, the Colts were supposed to be the team that would be a little bit scary in the playoffs. Man, they laid a fat egg against the uh, Jags. And it was even close. I mean, it, it was wild. And the I, most know,
1: impressive thing about the Jaguars' victory is that they found a way in a scenario where they could absolutely wreck the other team's chances of making the playoffs, while at the still time, at the same time, not jeopardizing their number one pick. <laughs> Usually, it's somebody who's really bad, and the fact that they won means that they're now picking third or something and they right. just absolutely ruined their draft chances um, because they beat somebody at the end. But they didn't do it. <clears throat> they they still have the number one pick, and they wrecked the world for the Colts. It's beautiful.
0: I got to be honest. There's like three NFL fan bases that should be just furious. Well, maybe four if you count the Dolphins, because they had that weird firing of Brian Flores, who I think is a good coach. It was kind of, you know, he won like the last – eight of the last nine games for the Dolphins and they fired him, which is kind of crazy.
1: You gotta but win the other ones too, is the problem. Right.
0: Well the other well, three I things.
1: heard there was like
2: just some front office conflicts that right. had more to do right. with it than I mean to have a winning record with that team that's impressive.
0: But if I'm a Dolphin fan, I'd be mad. I mean say um, also like the Browns, you know we've talked about this before they're way too good of a personnel group to be as bad as they are. I mean, it's amazing, and, and you know it, it comes on your quarterback and your coach again. We're well, talking we don't about know what's going to
1: happen in the off season because so many of those people were on short term contracts,
0: right? Right. So they could well,
1: be they could be a ghost town by
0: the by uh, by March. And already, I mean, I'm an Ohio journalist, so um, some of our papers cover the Browns. We ran a story: the GM is sounding like Jarvis Landry's gone too. So. I mean, you yeah, yeah,
1: know, they're going to lose that, some people. That's part of it, yeah.
0: Uh, you know, the other fan bases, I'll be upset. I mean, I'm looking at teams like the Ravens. Um, you know, they're the Steelers of last year. They started out so good, um, and things just fell apart. I know part of it was Lamar Jackson got hurt. Yeah, I, Tyler Huntley, everyone was like, oh, this is the sexy quarterback that's going to get all this money in the offseason and everything. I watched Huntley against the Steelers. I wouldn't pick him up. I mean, I don't think he's the guy that sewers should go after. He looked no. lost and confused on Sunday. And credit the Sewer's defense. They played really well. That's why he did. But, man, he did not look that great. And then I'll be math I'm, I'm a Colts fan. Um, you know, Colts are a very nice up-and-coming team. You know, you lost the home to the Raiders. And all you had to do is beat Jacksonville. You didn't have to be in by 100. Just be in by a point. And they <laughs> definitely didn't get that done. Instead, so. they got thumped. By
1: the yeah. Jags, bunch of Jags. Well,
0: it, you know it's strange because I Jacksonville shouldn't be as bad as they are. Um, Trevor Lawrence is good. I, I'm not sure why they have
1: he? season. Everybody keeps saying that. I'm tired of saying <laughs> that. He's not
0: good. He has need, not been good. They need to actually get a good offensive coach in there. Well, then
1: maybe. Uh, I, don't know. I mean,
0: Urban Meyer maybe. had. A billion other problems that we've detailed before, but they need to get a guy that can work with him. I never thought that Urban Meyer was his quarterback whisperer. And I don't think he had anybody else. Um, you know, Byron Lufflich, former Steeler, I think he might be interesting. Uh, he's one of the guys I'm talking to great. about the head coaching. Yeah. I mean, and that, that's everybody. somebody that could directly work with Florence and make him better. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, before we get to our break, one other funny thing that happened over the weekend. Um so Daniel Carlson's a kicker for the Raiders. He kicked a field goal. Yay, it sends the Steelers into the playoffs. Um, Steelers fans were donating to his charities. Was, you know, hey, we're happy. You know, uh Carlson helped us get us in the playoffs. Um, there was a story a couple years ago. Andy Dalton threw a touchdown to upset the Bengals in the last game of the season. It helped the Bills get to the playoffs, and the Ravens got knocked out. And so all these Bills fans were contributing to Andy Dalton's so, Yeah, Thank you, Andy, for throwing that touchdown. It's a cute story. It's nice to see people helping each other. But I wonder what would happen if Andy Dalton threw a pick, which knowing Andy Dalton, he's likely to do. Or what if Daniel <laughs> Carlson missed the field goal? It ends in a tie. Steelers go home. Like, are we robbing his charity? What should Steelers fans do? Like, I'm wondering what the other side of it is. If this guy fails, that hurt the Steelers. I, I don't know.
2: I think there's the option of just not donating to his charity. I don't think it's a matter of giving to it or taking from it. I think there's right. that third option that's available.
0: Or donating to a competing charity. Yeah. Like.
1: <laughs> the competing, char- like,
0: Instead trying to of, do the
1: opposite of what his instead <laughs> his charity of his charity to don't to benefit like children with cancer, you're like donating to some place that promotes cancer. No, not benefit. promotes cancer.
0: I'm talking like maybe another. I'm, trying,
1: group. I'm just trying to figure out exactly what you're talking about.
0: No, I'm, I'm talking like another group that helps kids fighting cancer.
1: Uh, so, yeah, you're still... Other, other,
0: other charities like kids. So, like... A like a competition between charities yeah,
2: trying
1: yeah, to yeah. do the same thing. A
0: shark yeah. jet yeah. thing with the... You're We doing can good. fight cancer better than you. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Yeah, you're still doing good things with it, but you're saying, hey, if you can't kick that field goal, we're not supporting your charity. We're supporting the charity of... I don't know. Tyler Huntley, I don't know, you know, whatever it might be, so I don't know, very interesting Alright, well I'm so just right thinking right. about,
2: like, you've got Compassion International and World Vision, two organizations trying to help feed and educate children in impoverished countries and I don't think they look at each other as like enemies and a, a nemesis of one another I other.
1: absolutely <laughs> do, I think they do well, if, I think if they're they- like I know that we can't get the donations from this area, but we need to keep the other people from getting them.
0: Well, <laughs> here's the thing. If Daniel Carlson's a compassion guy, hey, he kicked the field goal. Let's go to Compassion. But if Daniel Carlson missed the field goal, he's a compassion guy. Donate to the other group. That's what yep. I'm saying. There you go. I think Compassion
2: will be equally happy if World Vision succeeded. You donate <laughs> right. to that
1: pro-cancer place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: I don't know where we're getting pro-cancer here.
2: Come on. The the organization that takes food away from starving
1: children. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I'm not. The the, the uh, Starvation Foundation.
0: I'm not promoting that. Don't put words in my mouth.
1: Kids about to take
0: a bite
2: of a sandwich and they just rip it away from Famine
1: International. (laughs)
2: Yeah, baby.
0: I have faith in Steelers fans. Steelers fans, you can back me. You know, I, I'm I'm not going to donate our money to bad places, so it'll, it'll be good. All right, well, hey, um, we're going to do something a little bit different here. We're going to take a break, um, uh, for people on the Ohioan and Behind the Steel Curtain line. Um, so, uh, uh, be with us for the next 15 seconds, and we'll be back shortly on Behind the Steel Curtain Network and the Ohioan for our Pittsburgh Steelers Power Hour podcast. Hey there, um, this is Chris from the Ohioan. Uh, Check out our etc. podcast where we talked about all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, Joe, what was the craziest thing we talked about? Uh, What was the craziest thing we talked about?
1: I don't know. People being for uh, somebody who was stealing from their job. Yes. TikTok people being like, yeah, you should steal from your job.
0: It's great. Yeah, so check us out um, on um, be, on the Ohio Winds Etc. show. Uh, it's a show where we do the same thing, but we talk about all kinds of crazy stuff in the news. Uh, thanks for checking out. All right, welcome back to uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers Power Hour, presented to you by the Ohio Wind Network, as well as Behind the Steel Curtain. Hey, the first half, we talked about stuff that happened in the past. The big Steelers win. Uh, and we're in the second half of our show. We're looking forward to the big game. We The Steelers are in the playoffs. Thank goodness it's not that dumb uh, Nickelodeon slime game. I, I, I'm shocked we're doing this again this year. Uh, last year it was the Bears and the Saints, and they uh, gave Sean Payton a slime bath. This year it's the 49ers and the Cowboys. That's, that sounds weird. Are you watching the slime game, Paul? No. Me neither. No. Just no. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't want, when the sewers pull off the upset, to see Mike Tomlin slime. I thought that would be kind of weird. So I'm glad the Steelers are not taking part of it. Hey, I'll, I'll deal with Chris Collinsworth. I'd rather see Chris Collinsworth than see no. a Nickelodeon I, game where – I don't know if i go Mar- that far. <laughs>
1: nope. Nope. Nope, no Chris Collins worth.
0: The slime game was awful last year, and uh, I pity the people who have to put that together this year. But hey, uh Sunday, eight fifteen. Um the Steelers go to Kansas City uh to face the Chiefs. The Chiefs started out the year kind of a hot mess, to be honest with you. They mm-hmm. they were like um five hundred, probably at the best, but they caught and then we gave years. them Melvin Ingram. Yeah. <laughs> Who hasn't done a ton for the Chiefs? But, um, you know, the Chiefs got hot near the end of the year. The Steelers went in there on um, a few weeks back, and it was ugly. Uh, Chiefs took a 30 nothing lead at the half. They ended up winning the game, I believe, 36-10, to I think was the final. Sounds right.
1: Yeah. Mm, 36-33, something like that, yeah.
0: It, it, it was a game of golfing really quickly. Um, here's kind of what I'm thinking. If the Sewers are going to win this game on Sunday, I think they need to harass Pat Mahomes, put the blitz on him. Uh, Look at games where the Chiefs lose. People get a rush on Pat Mahomes. It happened. Tampa Bay, they chased them all over the field. Uh, That's why Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl going away. Um, It's possible to harass him. Now, is it a broad possibility? No, it's kind of a minimum possibility. I'll be honest, the Steelers did not get a pass rush pretty much at all in the homes in that first game a couple weeks back. So they've got totally changed.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I was just going to say, because TJ was not playing in that game. Uh, And I think there were a couple of other people who were out that game as well. It was a bad week for us to be playing at all. I think several people were on the COVID list. TJ was out. Right. Yeah. It was just
0: ugly. So well, we played bad. Yeah. And, and, they, and yeah, they need to make sure they get that blitz. And, mm-hmm. you know, the Chiefs have beaten good defenses before. So it's not guaranteed that they're going to shut the Chiefs down, but they need a much better performance from their defense. I would say on offense, mistake free football. You're not going to score 40 points against the Chiefs. You need to have a game kind of like you did against the Ravens where you, you keep mistakes a minimum, you control the ball, you have long drives. Now, they didn't do that against the Chiefs last time. That's why they were down by 30 and they got beat up bad. Even if they play that game, they could still lose to the Chiefs. But for them to beat the Chiefs, I think that's the path they need to go. It's not a broad path. It's very narrow. Things have to go right for them to go on the path. But if they can go on that path, I think they've got a chance. Am I crazy, Paul?
2: No, I think if this is a ugly, low-scoring game, I think we have every every chance in the world to, to take this. Um, I know I've been negative Nelly all season on stuff, and uh, I'm the doom and gloom guy, but mark mark my words right now. If the Steelers pull out this win, we're going to Super Bowl, baby!
1: Oh, ho, ho. Woo. I'll I'm telling you, if, on the predictor, if we Look out.
2: if we can if we pull the we're we're either going to lose or we're going to the Super Bowl. I don't. From uh, that's that's this my game. This conclusion.
1: is it. If we can get past the
0: Chiefs, do you think we can get past? Everybody else? Wow. Yep. Well, here's something to think about. There's a sudden seed. Uh, Kansas City's second. If the Steelers win this game on Sunday, they're going to Tennessee. It's locked in. That's who they're playing. I got to tell you, now, they barely beat the Titans at home. It would be in Tennessee. It's going to be a tough game. I feel better today, and I'd say a lot better, about the chances on the road against Tennessee than Kansas City. I mean, they get past Kansas City. I think Tennessee is an easier game. Now, easier. I'm not saying they're going to go in and just destroy Tennessee, but Tennessee's definitely a beautiful team if they can get past Kansas City.
1: Uh, Joe, what do you is think? That, is that with or without the return of
0: uh, their running back? That's the million-dollar question. But I'll tell you, they beat Tennessee a year ago with Derrick Henry. You know? They did. They were able to handle Henry. Now, now again, different year. You, you know, Bud Dupree was on the Steelers. Now Bud Dupree's on the Titans. Like I said, it's it's not all – it's a little bit of apples and oranges. But what I'm saying is, on paper, I'm not super afraid of the Titans. Right. Now, it's going to be a tough game. True. But I'm not definitely afraid of them. So, yeah, this game is definitely going to be interesting. Um, I'll tell you, if they get past Tennessee – Buffalo is going to be a challenge, and I think if Cincinnati ends up there, they're going to be a challenge. But there's a path to get far in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. But again, they have to play good football. You can't screw around, especially with Kansas City, because
1: especially with Kansas City. But it's definitely playoff football time, and mistake-free football is really the the only way through the playoffs at all. And nobody does well when they, you know, put their foot in a hole with a a couple of useless turnovers or a bunch of really dumb uh, penalties. You just – you don't end up surviving that kind of stuff in the playoffs. So mistake-free football is important for everybody, but coming in with the the, the skills and the talent level that the Steelers are at as opposed to the place that the Chiefs are coming from – I think you're right in saying that the the path through is a little bit narrower, it's a little bit uglier on either side of that path. Uh so it's important for the the Steelers to come in and play a really mistake-free football uh and especially they have the poss- the capability of doing well in the third aspect of the game of special teams. They they've they've proven over the course of the season that their special teams can break free and make Game-changing plays, um, either as on the receiving end or on you know the kickoffs and uh, the punting team. Um, as if if Harvin actually can kick the ball more than twenty yards, then that's probably <laughs> a, a you're, you're we're doing well. But uh, they have the capacity to to block a field goal or block a punt and and make interceptions and you know make those game-changing plays. So. It's all possible, but it starts with being very careful with the ball on the offensive side. It, it starts would... with play number
2: one. Don't <laughs> snap the ball into the Mississippi
1: River. Do you yeah. not yeah. snap the yes. ball. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. Don't take me back to that place of the playoffs from last year. Oh, my gosh. And Well, it's... Marquise is not likely to do that this year from home. <laughs> so that's helpful.
0: Yeah, but Kendrick Green, Green had a weird yeah, stuff. Green's not, just...
1: not snapping it anymore. There's a, yeah. there's a reason that he's not snapping the ball anymore. I'm just saying. Right.
0: That's half an hour um, now. You know, and hey, it's the playoffs. We're all saying weird things about each other. We've had a lot of shows where we made fun of other teams. So I'm not going to take great offense at this, but uh, I shared if you guys an article. Chief fans are like, hey, it's Ben's Retirement Party. Come on out. And, you know, here's my only fear from Sunday night. If they lose the game, they'll lose the game. You know, life goes on. We'll get ready for next season. I don't want – I felt like they came out lethargic. I felt the, there wasn't a game plan. I felt they got boat raced because the Chiefs were better and they just weren't. They weren't energized. And you guys are right. You had guys missing. I mean, there was a bunch of stuff going on. If this is Ben's last game, it's Ben's last game. I just don't want Ben's last game to be a 30-point loss where they're losing by 30 at the half. I mean, that's my
2: only concern right now. Now that we've switched in the playoffs, remember the old saying, the defense wins championships, and we've got T.J. flipping one.
1: Well, and, t- and other playmakers that have been stepping up like crazy in these past couple of games. That play by Minka Patrick to knock that pass out of I don't even remember who's who's I don't remember most of the receivers on the Ravens, um, but uh, whoever it was that caught the ball right on the sideline and Minka knocked the ball out that was a that was the game saver. Uh, and so, yeah, that's I, I like the I, I like our chances. When our defense is playing at their best,
0: yeah, and they just—they
1: got Brent. Lord will actually be on the sideline this time. That'll help.
0: Yeah, and they—they they got to bring it because the Chiefs are going to present a tougher test. Um, you know, Mahomes is better than you know Tyler Huntley. Uh, probably the Chiefs' fifth is? receiver is better than the whoever the Ravens' number one receiver is. The Ravens' receivers are a bad joke to say the least. Um, yeah, Tyreek yeah. still banged up. Well, um, I shared with you guys the story. It looks like he's available now. It looks like he has progressed and he's going to be available to play. He was banged we'll out. See.
1: I'm we'll wondering... see. we on
0: that last. <laughs> okay. I'm worried about Nazi. We're, we're going to hear about mm-hmm. like that Nancy Kerrigan-type injury with Tyree Kill. We're going to be like, oh, Joe Frost. <laughs> he said, we'll see about that on the podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm driving up to Kansas City this weekend. Oh, Wow. I can't do You're that.
2: You're the closest, aren't you? <laughs> I am,
1: technically, geographically. <laughs> I'm the closest.
0: All right. Um, You know, one interesting strategic move. Um, You know, Presley Harvin, we love Presley Harvin. He's gone through stuff. His dad died. You know, it's his rookie year. Stuff's going on, which it makes sense. Um, Corvus Waitman, I don't know if you guys remember him. He yes, lost to Jordan Berry, I think it was like two years ago, mm-hmm. in a punting competition. He looked pretty good. He actually looked good. Looks in great. Replacement of Harvin. Ooh. And Tomlin left the door open. Tomlin said, Hey, we're going to evaluate it. So Ooh. I don't think this means Harvin's off the ceiling for good, but you might see Corliss Waitman as your, your punter on Sunday night. Nice. It's going to be interesting. It's something
1: to consider because even in that win, you know, they won despite some pretty terrible punting. It was pretty terrible. It was awful.
0: Well, I'll add to this narrow path because, like I said, it's a narrow path. Everything's got to go right, but they got to win the field position. Yeah. You know, if you can knock and them punting inside the punting for 20 yards
1: out of bounds, is not the way to do that. <laughs>
0: Presu was
2: our guy in the preseason. Remember the good old days. He really was.
1: I was yeah. so excited about him, but he, and he's had a rough time. And you, you hate to like pile on, but I hate the way that he's been punting. Worse than the idea of piling on when somebody's hurting. Like, okay, well, I mean, you're hurting, man. Go, go do that, and let's get somebody who can punt.
0: If you feel Waitman's ready, and you know they can evaluate how he's doing. During the week, because obviously you don't want Waitman to have a rough game against the Chiefs. If you think Waitman's ready, play Waitman and then say, Presley, you're not done. We'll bring you back for competition. And it's you against Waitman next year. Whoever wins, wins. Because I'd still like to give Harvin a chance. But if we feel that um, Waitman's the better guy than Harvin, by all means, go with Waitman on Sunday.
2: Is is this is this been a lesson of why you don't draft a punter?
0: Yeah, I've heard that, and I I don't doubt that. So, um, I don't know if you guys certainly saw certainly not in the first round. I I can't believe that we're buying into this, but there's a battle of words going on. Um, Andy Reid, I don't think i such sent you a story about this, but Andy Reid. They're asking him about the Steelers. He's like, oh, man, they're playing like they're in the number one seed. And, yeah, we think the Steelers are playing better over the past couple of games than they did against the Chiefs, I would say. You know, Reed's hyping him up. And Mike Tomlin does this each week. He talks about the opponent like they're the best team ever. Uh, it was funny. Big Ben, uh, he was in front of Mike's day. And they're asking Big Ben, and Big Ben took the woe is me. He's like, oh, man, we shouldn't be in the playoffs. The Chiefs will probably kill us. Everything's got to go right for us. And you know what they're all doing. I mean, Big Ben's trying to make the Chiefs overconfident, and the Reid's trying to not make the Chiefs overconfident. But we all see through this, right? Don't the players see through this? Like, I don't think any Chiefs is going to watch Big Ben's press conference say, oh, man, yeah, we're going to whip up on the Steelers, and then, you know, Big Ben comes off a big game and shocks him. You know, we all know what everybody else is saying, right? Well, I, I think there is there is a shred of truth in acknowledging
2: that we did kind of stumble into the playoffs like a drunk uncle at a wedding reception. Right. Um, right. But, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think you've got two classy head coaches who – have the players saying the right stuff at the right time.
1: And you can just feel positive that right now nobody's on TikTok,
0: Right. <laughs> right. Well, I, I guess it's not the worst thing in the world to say. It's just funny because they're all like, wow, Ben's playing the game words, games of words. I'm like, we're all NFL players. I mean, if it was a high school coach saying stuff like that, that's great. Because you can get inside the high school kids' heads. they read in the paper, and they're like, oh, maybe we aren't that good or whatever. But these are all NFL players, you know? Not see, the, I'm, I'm fascinated
1: that you think they're more mature than the high school students.
0: I think the <laughs> egos of these
1: professional athletes are as big as anything. And I think it is easy to to flatter somebody into overconfidence. I think Andy Reid's statement is the most questionable like uh i don't know if you were watching the same game that i was watching you should (laughs) might want to review that footage again a little bit more before you start talking about them being a number one seed let's let's be real but i i think genuinely ben is talking from a legitimate place to say i had my great send off Monday night football last game in, in Pittsburgh. Like that was so amazing. And <clears throat> then to have the game at Baltimore go the way that it did. And, then the, the breaks fell the way they did for him to, to be able to play in the playoffs one more time. I mean, I think it's not being over overly, uh. you know, you're not, you're not like flogging yourself to say I'm here on borrowed time. You know, we, we're, we're just, we we squeaked by a lot of things and a lot of positive things broke our way in order to be here. And I'm not going into this last game, not trying to win, but I'm here to have fun. And I like the idea of Ben being in that headspace and being loose the same way that I want that for TJ Watt and several of our other players. I want them loose in that way to say, I'm here to play a game. So let's play a game and play it hard. Instead so of that, putting a lot of pressure on ourselves that, like, well, maybe we are playing like a number one seed, Andy Reid. No, no.
2: So that's how I survived as a Steelers fan, because I, gr- growing up in Cleveland, Cleveland fans have this obsession with no matter who the Browns draft, they're going to the Super Bowl, and they're yeah. perpetually living in frustration, whereas for me... I've always lived as a Steelers fan of assuming the worst. And then when we stumble in the playoffs, it's like,
0: yeah, (laughs) I can't believe that worked. (laughs) But some of the speculation I read after Ben's comments today were, Joe, Joe, you're right. I mean, hey, we're going to have fun. We're going to throw out there and see what happens. But some people were kind of interpreting his words to say, hey, you know, he's making the Chiefs feel overconfident. Now, I'm kind of wondering if I'm a Chiefs defender. Am I reading his comments to go, oh, my goodness, he doesn't think he's going to beat us. Now we're overconfident. We're not going to take him seriously. And, you know, but on the other hand, when Andy Reid says, man, the Steelers are playing like the number one seed, does Chase Claypool read that and say, oh, well, you know, I have to try hard because we're already playing like the number one seed. Mm-hmm. I, I'm wondering if you've asked NFL a couple of different questions there.
2: Question number, my answer to number one is I don't think, Unless you're trash talking, I don't think it matters, right, to the players what's being said in, in these niceties. Question number two, though, is it possible Chase Claypool's is going to get a big yeah. head about this?
0: Yes. <laughs> Bad name to bring up. <laughs> <Speculation>. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. And like you said, this is more kissing up. They're not trash talking. They're more like, "Oh, we love right. you. We love you." It's the, it's the this opposite. Great. <laughs> well I think even Mike Tomlin was like praising Melvin Ingram this week which I'm like okay we're just sucking up to everybody we're just yeah that was just weird to hear I still feel like the
1: way all of that went down was that Tomlin the Ingram wasn't happy and Tomlin was like well I'm not elevating you over Highsmith and so if you want to go somewhere else then we can make that happen Well, I, I I don't know I don't feel like tomlin was like oh he's really bad it was like oh i have this other guy who's performing at the level that i need him to perform at right and i have another guy that i'm not as long-term invested in and so i don't i don't feel like tomlin had bad feelings except for that ingram made it to the place where he didn't was very clear that he was not happy and so i want that out of my locker room
0: so i don't think it's a personal thing i think he just said okay go well, bottom line, I've done this at work even recently, but that's another story. Um, You know, you go in there and say, hey, uh, I, I think I can do this. I'm that guy. And for whatever reason, your workplace says, hey, we don't think you're that person right now. And they say, no. And, you know, to me, that's what happened with Ingram. I mean, Ingram's like, hey, I want to get all the plays. Yeah, I'm ready. And the sewer's like, hey, you know, we want to develop Alex Highsmith. You're going to play, but you're not going to play all the time. And like I think that. what I
2: would have done has been like, Melvin, let, let me ask you, how do you feel about playing middle linebacker? Because I feel like Melvin yeah, I trying to play
0: middle linebacker
2: would have been a whole lot better than what Devin Bush did this year. Right. Fair. I think
0: I think Joe, Paul, and Chris trying to play middle linebacker may have been better than Devin Bush. <laughs> and, and to Devin's credit, it's been a weird injury-filled year for him. Devin's actually looked a little bit better recently, and, you know, as a sewer supporter, hopefully he'll continue to look a little bit better. I mean, it's, the stuff that I was reading well, about was that this. He set the bar pretty low first, that, right, the,
1: right? The recovery from that injury just takes a really long time, right? Uh, to get the explosiveness back that he had before the injury, so I'm I have a lot of hopes of him looking a lot better coming into next year. Um, it's just sad the the broken tackles and stuff that the things that he's left on the field. The footage. Well, there, there's a difference seven.
2: between not being explosive and just kind of standing
0: there watching like you're a
2: right. city worker foreman.
0: Well, I think Bush has lost confidence. And I think the hard thing about it is, you know, and we've all said this, their inside linebackers are a rough spot. So even a rough Devin Bush might be your best inside linebacker so these guys start so yeah they seriously depth there i mean hopefully they can address that somewhere or maybe you know they're high on this buddy johnson the uh, guy uh, the oh yeah he's them.
1: he was one of their low round draft guys
0: yeah and, and buddy hasn't played that much for the sealers this year but maybe he's the guy you develop where if you know Devin's well, still not where he needs to be. Maybe but one, one
1: would him. hope that that's true for uh, so many years, and I think it. Got, this dates back to the the Ryan Shazier and uh, injury. Um, for years before that, they would draft linebackers, and we wouldn't hear about them for two years. Right. You know, we just we were are like, oh, that guy got drafted at some point. It's like, oh, but then the, all of a sudden, when that happened, everybody got pressed into service right away. And we had to watch them develop on the field instead of on the practice squad, which is where they had been developing. And so I think with Buddy Johnson, it seems like he's making his progress on the practice squad where he needed to. And we had to let that other guy go who ended up on the Giants. Uh, There was another – I can't remember his name. But I remember the the scouting reports being really good when they drafted him. But they – I think it was one of the moves where they sent somebody to the practice squad and they ended up on the waiver wire for a day before they made it over there. And they, they got picked up um, early in the, I think it was in preseason. I can't yeah. remember that guy. It was way back when.
2: Right. Could you imagine if we had Shazier on this defense? If he
1: oh didn't my get gosh. Injured? Yeah. Shut up. That would be amazing.
0: <laughs> well, and I think that would have led to a bunch of other places because if you had Shazier, do you definitely draft Devin Bush when you did? You probably didn't have to make that trade up. You know, maybe you still draft a linebacker to play with Shazier, but, you know, it would change a lot, you know, in terms of what direction Sewers went on other places. Yeah, it, it would have been quite something. And yeah, that, that was a depressing night. You know, I, I felt bad for Shazier. It was a, it definitely was a rough one. So, um, I guess
1: Quincy Roach was his name. Yes. Oh, yeah. Quincy Roach. They selected him in the sixth round, and he ended up getting uh, claimed by um, the Giants.
0: All right. Well, let's finish up here. We're, we're getting to the end of our time. Um, let's do a couple quick scores. Uh, you guys aren't going to like me for this. Um, I think for everything that we talked about before, I think the Steelers are going to make it a competitive game. I think it's going to be a game that we're not going to turn off after halftime saying, oh, my gosh, what's going on here? I would say Kansas City 20, Pittsburgh 10. I think it's going to be a competitive game. I think there's going to be some fun stuff happening. I just think that path that we talked about is way too narrow. Where they're going to do a lot of good things, I just don't think there's going to be enough good things to say they'll definitely win the game. But I think it's going to be Kapev. I think we'll be problem Steelers. I don't think we're going to be super angry. I I think they're going to play bare. I think they just don't really have the talent right now. With everything going on injury wise and everything that the Chiefs do, I I think the Chiefs are a good team, and I think the Chiefs are going to come together in the playoffs. Hate saying that. I don't want it to happen, but I think that's. Where I'm at, uh, Paul. Do you have a pick for the game? Sure. Uh, if I'm to stay
2: true to my nature, I will say twenty-seven, seventeen Chiefs. But I, I, I want to harness my inner Joe Frost. Oh, and say I'm going to deny my inner nature. Okay. Say twenty-seventeen Pittsburgh.
0: Okay. And that's possible, and I'd like to see it happen. I, I'm just looking at this pick, like if I was betting money, which I don't bet money on these games. But if if there was a gun to my head saying you have to bet money, that's kind of where I'm at. Joe, yeah, I break was break the tie. Who you I was
1: putting, I was putting it down as like 24 21 Pittsburgh, last huh? second field goal.
0: Definitely possible. And I I hope I'm wrong. I hope we come back next Wednesday and you guys, like, how dare you pick against the Steelers? See, I I
2: see us down like 17 to 13 with like three minutes left. And Mm -hmm. we we drive down, get the touchdown in, and Casey just doesn't have the time to get down to tie.
1: Yeah. I mean, I. Holding them on defense, you think? What's that? Holding that, we'll the Steelers that defense, hold yes. them off in defense that you know yep. they just don't they don't have the time to get down to get the field goal, or that field yep. goal doesn't is so far away it doesn't make it. Yeah.
0: I hope I'm wrong, guys. And I, I really I do. hope
1: you are too. And- but I'll say this. Um I am one hundred percent satisfied with the Pittsburgh Steelers season ending in a sweep of Cleveland and Baltimore. I am 100% satisfied having gone through all of this, that if we come through this game, and even if as long as we don't get it handed to us so bad where we're tossing, you know, snaps into the end zone and (laughs) throwing 12 picks, like as long as we're not humiliated, uh, if if it comes out where it's 2017 the other way and the bad guys win, uh I am absolutely satisfied with this season and as this as a close for Roethlisberger's career. Like uh, the, coming through the last two games, I think it's just been amazing.
0: Uh a connector online made a comment he got a ton of ridicule and he's saying, Hey, I hope the Steelers don't make the playoffs. And I think it's that's kind of a ridiculous comment. You want your team to make the playoffs. You know, you you disappoint if they don't make the playoffs. I guess my only comment to that was I want them to play competitive. I don't think they played competitive. I don't think they came in with any. Like, we talk about this path to win the game. I, I think they came into that last game. There was no path at all. It was just a big bunch of rocks they had to try to get through to even get to the end of the game. Mm-hmm. I guess my only disappointment's going to be is if you're like, what are they doing? They're not even trying which it kind of felt like the first game. But, again, let, let me close with this. There's two games I think back on which could set a template for what happens on Sunday. I uh, Think back to the year that the Steelers won their fifth Super Bowl. You know, they got past Cincinnati in, in the first round. They go to Indianapolis uh, face Peyton Manning and the Colts. A couple of weeks prior to that, the Colts killed them, just ran all over the Steelers. We know what happened in the divisional playoff round. Steelers got great blitzes on uh, Peyton Manning. They rushed him around all day. They ended up winning the game. Now, they made it scary. Ben had to have that great uh, tackle as he was racing back, you know, Mm -hmm. the fumble by Bettis. But they won the game. They deserved to win the game. And one of my all-time favorite Steelers games, I think I mentioned this to Paul when we first started this podcast, uh, 1989, I believe. The Bubby Brister led Pittsburgh Steelers. They were, I believe they were 9-7. They were kind of a marginal team at best. They went down to Houston to, to face the Warren Moon and the Oilers in a wildcard game. Steelers did not belong in the same field. But they played harder. Bubby played okay. They ended up winning that game against Houston in overtime. So it's not a great chance they win. But there have been paths set in the past where, you know, if they get a good blitz, they get a good rush, you know, weird things could happen. So, again,
1: this is is one of those teams this year. Uh, They only had an 8% chance to make it into the playoffs going into Sunday's games.
0: I'm picking the Chiefs.
1: I think they've got an 8% chance. It's still possible.
0: I'm picking the Chiefs. I hope I'm wrong. But I really think here, regardless, it's going to be a competitive game. And I, I will say next ones, I'll be disappointed if it's not. And I'll tell you, if the Sewers beat the Chiefs, I'm picking the Sewers against the Titans because I think right now the Sewers are a better <laughs> team than the Titans, as we've seen today. So it'll be an interesting week next week. Um, we'll have to check out the Bengals and Raiders. We got I have some thoughts on that. But follow us on Twitter. I'll probably share that later. So, all right. Well, hey, thanks again, guys. Check out our Ohioan podcast. For Etc. Show, that's a show where uh, Joe and Paul and I, we just put our hair down. We talk about some of the goofy stories out there, and we just have fun and be silly. Um, it's a little bit more of this, but I uh, talk about all kinds of stuff out there. So if you like the show, check out that show. We'll, we'll do our best to be silly for you. So for Joe and Paul, this is Chris. Thanks for checking our show come on sewers be competitive on Sunday that's my request have a great day everybody
2: hi I'm Jennifer Mooney welcome to what is our new hope interrupted podcast based on the work from our book hope interrupted that I co-authored with my good friend Byron McCauley hey Jennifer you know I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was looking forward to writing this book with you we hope to interview some uh, high impact folks as well as have a little fun